now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. Hi, and welcome to the week three and four recap and week five preview of the Butter and Bacon Fantasy Football League. I'm your commissioner, Dean. As always, joined by this time the mobile Yo Paul NJ. What's going on, Paul? Oh, I'm moving. I'm grooving, much like the Yankees in the postseason. Uh, yeah, we're we're coming to you live via the magic of Bluetooth. It's fantastic. I love it. Well, we'll get to some baseball postseason after our football recap because I do want to wrap up our. Well, it was actually a pretty exciting fantasy baseball league. But before we do that, let's dial back two weeks and let's go through our scoreboard. Week three saw uh, actually some very high-scoring games. All but two teams were over 100, and eight of those teams actually eclipsed 120. So that led to some great matchups, one of which saw your Knights of Wren paced by the never-aging Drew Brees in his 44.5 points. He had a pretty good blowout on the Duckburg Canucks, 152-126. to 126. Yeah, and that game started off closer, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the loss was foreshadowed by the owner. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, again. Uh, you didn't lose by two points, though, so at least you got that going for you. <laughs> no, and again, he had a, had a nice total, 126. Todd Gurley putting up nearly 30, but uh, you had a, a big week. You were almost high scorer of the week and got yourself a nice victory there. It also helps when most of your team does mid-double digits. Yes, that is a nice feature. And uh, when you get consistent scoring, I think that's when you start to see the consistent teams. And we are you know, now through four weeks, and we're going to start to see that separation, particularly as the bye weeks are kicking in. Yeah. Uh, but I was happy back in week three because I also joined you in the win column with a pretty convincing 140-119 to 119 win over Scott's Cruisers. Uh, I went with Fitzmagic that week, putting up 31 points. Uh, pacing my team, Cooper Cup, with a, another big outing, 21 points for the Cruisers in the losing effort. Yeah, you happen to catch Fitzmagic at the perfect time. Yes, Fitzmagic uh, quickly turned into Fitztragic and is now going to be back <laughs> Fitz backup. So. We'll, get, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, a big win for Make It Pink, who put up a 113, almost 114 points in beating the Staggering Pigs, uh, 114 to 81. Uh, what I love about this game is Make It Pink was paced not by their quarterback like you were or I was, but by their defense. Bears D putting up 21 that week. Crazy. I mean, and, and again, we have talked way too much about the Bears defense on this podcast. Well, but, like, well I mean, no, apparently. I mean, yeah, if, if I recall correctly, they had a strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, I think they scored again on defense at some point, and they had some, like, three interceptions. Yeah, that was a monster week for them. And, and again, you know, as we talked about in the preseason, our defensive scoring is adjusted. It's not the standard thing. So when you have a, a strong defensive performance like the Bears did in week three, that's going to put up as many points as a top wideout, which is uh, – Actually, as you look at the top players, the Pigs were led by Michael Thomas, no surprise there, 25 points, but the Bears nearly equaling that effort. So, uh, make Which it makes pink, sense. Uh, a good win. It does. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, 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 I've never understood defenses, oh, you score a touchdown to get two points. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, no defense for the Fran Dogs. They got trounced by Scott's Cavadilla Tequila, one sixty to one hundred four. Yes, I said one sixty. That, that was your high score of the week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, good effort for the Fran Dogs, twenty five. But when uh, you have Alvin Kamara as your top player, uh, you always have an advantage, and that's what the advantage was here. He put up thirty six in week three. Yeah, Drew Brees seemed to find him a lot. Uh, Kamara really this season has been getting a lot of touches, almost Le'Veon Bell like. Um, and, it, and it's really helping his fantasy production. Well, I think we'll talk about both those guys when we talk about our Week 5 preview. Maybe? The Monkey. I told you I was on Team Monkey again this year. The Monkey yes. is undefeated at the end of Week 3. 3-0, beating Totally Radical Islam, 123-84. to Talk about the Monkey. What is there to say about the Monkey? I mean, the Monkey put together a great team. Uh, you know, and, and really... You know, from his draft position, uh, he's really had a fantastic team uh, that's put together. I don't, I don't believe he's had any injuries to overcome either, uh, which makes it very worthwhile. Something you did say is that a lot of fantasy teams are built through the waiver wire. He hasn't had to. No, that's true. That's true. And then in due time for everybody, usually something's going to fall on your team. So we'll see how the monkey reacts if and when that happens. If and uh, when. But- if and when, but for now, he is undefeated. Also undefeated, the Campbell Shamble. They beat the winless Shoreline Tap Room in a pretty good game, 122 to 113. Uh, the Shamble got the benefit of all those Fitz Magic passes to Michael Evans on his way to 28 points, and Christian McCaffrey with a great outing in week three, 24 points, but not enough to overcome the nine point deficit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of tough when, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, again, kind of like Kamara, he, he touches the ball nearly as often as Cam Newton does. He really does. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, he can't rely on one or two players, uh, particularly not in our league. Our, our league seems to be, if you've got one or two players that don't, you will lose. Definitely, and it's, it's a very evident in a 14-team league like we have for the depth Per team is just not as good, so you have to on those those holes. You got to get a little bit lucky, get a little bit good, and uh, I say a little bit lucky is maybe what led Project Badass to staying undefeated. I mean, he had a great week, 135. Maybe he wasn't lucky, but maybe the Dapper Donalds were unlucky. 133.4. He lost by 1.6. That is so ridiculous. I love it. Great game, and that's why I saved it for the last of the week three recaps. Both those teams are led by quarterbacks that are on pace to break the all-time single-season passing yards record. Yes. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. There's like I mean, four quarterbacks I, on pace for that, so. <laughs> yeah, there really are. I mean, it, it's not unlike when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had their thing going on. It's like, well, Tom Brady broke the touchdown record. Well, you know what? Peyton Manning did two by two more. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Incredible, and, and uh, I think touchdown passes may fall this year. Touch, uh, passing yards is definitely uh, in, yes. in scope, but also uh, total receptions in a year by wide receiver and a running back. The aforementioned McCaffrey and Michael Thomas are both on pace for. I don't know. I might be exaggerating, but I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 160 catches. Uh, they're actually on pace for, which is ridiculous. Ten <laughs> catches a game. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the Why offense not? has been. A- um, well, you know where else offense was amazing was week four, because I thought week three was high scoring. Week four, only one team failed to break the 100-point barrier. 
And I'm going to jump right in with our high score of week four, and that was the Battle of the Scots, and the now 4-0 and Scots Cava del Tequila beat Scots Cruisers. Here's another one. Tough break for Scots Cruisers. He puts up 163 and loses by 25. <laughs> loses. <laughs> no, he loses. Loses by 25. I mean, yeah. I mean that, 189 that's, that's, to 163. Incredible. That's like not playing a player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, i got to open up this box score and give you some numbers here. So for for Dale Tequila, he gets 23 out of Rivers, another 46 out of Kamara, Ho-Hum, 31 out of Ewing. Everybody else is in double figures, including his kicker in defense, except for Lamar Miller with a disappointing 4.9, but who cares? Yeah, and on the other side, you know, you talked about consistency. I'm going down Scotch Cruiser's lineup, 25, 20, 18, 15, 18, 9 and 11 from his kicker in defense, the 43 from Cooper Krupp. And then Safari Jenkins was his one lone lone guy in single digits. Just an overall incredibly played game, one where they kind of both need the win, but uh, unfortunately it doesn't work that way. So Del Tequila, 4-0, Cruisers, 0-4. Yeah, I mean, this kind of, you know, not, not to go back to the real NFL week one, but I'm going to do it. Uh, with the New Orleans-Tampa Bay game, neither team should lose having had the offense that they did. Oh, but the Saints lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, week four did not see a loss for the Monkey. He's undefeated. He's 4-0. He beat the Staggering Pigs in what was, again, another pretty good scoring game, 138 to 125 and a half. Uh, problem for the Pigs, Jack Doyle didn't play, so he took a goose egg at tight end, and that was probably the difference. Although, as I look at the scoring on the Monkey side, uh, 37 out of Golden Tate. Probably a little unexpected, but to me, the big one, your Buffalo Bills rolling over for the Packers, uh, 28.3 out of the Packers, D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of puffery going on after the Bills annihilated the Vikings the prior week. Oh, the Bills are back. <laughs> They've raided the ship. They've done it all. Nah, nah, eh, wrong. Yeah, no. Big, giant, tremendous letdown um, from every Bill. Uh, just, yeah, not good. So it's it's a little tough when an entire team basically puts up a goose egg. Uh, it affects, you know, at least two, maybe even three fantasy teams. I, I believe your tweet there would be the B-I-L-O-L-O-L-S, Bills. Uh, yes, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, Duckburg Canucks finally got in the win column in week four, 138 to 121 over the Dapper Donalds. Deshaun Watson. Hey! Five. Off the schneid. Off the schneid for the Duckburg Canucks. Um, let's see. Not yet off the schneid. <laughs> the Fran Dogs. 102 to 87. Make it pink. It's their third win of the year. Zeke Elliott with 37 for make it pink. Uh, but my favorite part of that box score, Amari Cooper with 29 <laughs> for the Fran Dogs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Amari Cooper really enjoying his renaissance not being on your team. Yes, he said, I'm finally free of that Metroville hero boss, and I'm going to finally put up some yards. <laughs> you know, another team that didn't deserve to lose this week and did, Metroville Heroes. 166 to 156, the Project Badass. That's so close. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. I uh, I was sitting up uh, through the Sunday and Monday night games, had some players going, but uh, didn't get enough out of my Steelers to overcome that deficit, so... Good win for the Badass. They are now 4-0, and and I fall to 2-2. Two and two. How about the Knights of Ren? i got to jump into this game because uh, 
We talked about, what was it, a 1.6 margin, I think, in the uh, previous yeah. week. You yeah. won 108.9 to 107.4. That would be a 1.5 point margin. Sending yes, the tap room to 04. And I, and I won on literally the last play of my last player. It was wow. Kareem Hunt scoring that touchdown for the Chiefs. Oh, that was won really the game. The game. <laughs> and and it, it was it was late in the fourth quarter against Denver in Denver, and then I I beat the tap room with the last run of my last player. So yeah, no, that was that was a great matchup. Um, I I felt bad, but not too bad because I did take a screenshot and sent that to him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and our last game of week four. 4-0, Campbell Shambles, 134 to the 0-4-0, Radical Islam's 115. Kirk Cousins, not the top scorer at quarterback in this game with his 40 points because Mitchell Trubisky lined up and got 47 in a losing effort. Crazy, crazy. 47. And I think 52 of that was in the first half. For the Bears! Again, the Bears! The Bears. Great week four. So as I'm looking at this, let's do a quick recap on the standings. Again, we have 14 teams. Six will make the playoffs, and obviously the other eight will not. And I talked about how the separation is going to start as the bye weeks go, but in our standings, we're actually starting to see a little bit as well. The following four teams are all undefeated. That would be the Monkey, Campbell Shamble, Dale Tequila, and the Project Badass. So all four of them sitting pretty at 4-0. Make it pink is our only 3 and one team. So as of right now, she would be the fifth seed. And then tied for that last playoff spot, and I think our tiebreak would be total points, uh, would be the Metroville Heroes, the Knights of Wren, and the Staggering Pigs. And let me take a quick pink peek. We can get rid of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm outscoring you both, so I would be that sixth seed. You guys would be sitting. i got to get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the outside looking in, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention Dapper Donald's also at 2-2. Two two. Uh, the ah. Ducks are our only 1-3 team, so he's not in bad shape yet. Just a game by standings and needs to make up some points. To, actually, he could be in. He's, he's got the points, so he would be in uh, if he can get that game in the standings. But, yeah, it's way too early. But this is always fun to talk about. And the oh, Cruisers, yeah. Grand Dogs, Tap Room, and Islam are fighting for next year's number one pick right now. But, again... <laughs> It's 0-4, but it's not too late in the season to make that turnaround because we've seen teams that are getting into the playoffs you know, at 500 or just over, so plenty of time. But before we talk about playoffs, we've got to get through the rest of the regular season. So let's take a quick peek at the Week 5 matchups. Week 5, let's see, we'll start with you. Let's see, your Knights of Wren at 2-2 two and two are going to play the Totally Radical Islam. And if I believe what the website says, you are a 62-point favorite, Paul. <laughs> well, okay. He's got a couple guys on by and he's to swap out. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I'm not sure if my lineup is set. Um, I made a couple moves uh, for the waiver wire. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I, that, that certainly should change. It's so early. It, I, uh, I can't imagine being an NFL team getting a by week four or week five. And then you've got 11 weeks to play again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, you are actually in decent shape on the on the injury side. You've got Jimmy Graham and Cole Beasley at questionable. Not exaggerating, Islam has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that are questionable or worse. 
Yeah, well, I did drop two guys that went to IR, so that that's part of my uh, waiver wire change. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be doing the same because he's got uh, Rex Burkhead on IR. He also has three guys on a bye this week, so uh, yeah, wait, wait, wait too early in the week to talk about the matchup, but um, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about where teams are going to get affected negatively. We got yep. four and oh Campbell Shambles taking on the two and two pigs in what should be a pretty good matchup. If their lineups are set, they're projected at a four point four uh, spread. Not the closest spread of the week though. That belongs really? to the tap room at O and four, taking on the Canucks at one and three. They right now are projected to be one thirty one point five to one thirty one point two. Wow. Three spread. Three. <laughs> The Monkey taking on the Fran Dogs. I get the Dapper Donalds in my game of the week this week. Project Badass taking on Scott's Cava Del Tequila. Four and over. Someone is going down. Unless they tie. With decimals, that's really tough. (laughs) (laughs) The NFL's been crazy with ties. We've seen a couple, and there's a couple more games that almost went to tie. Yeah. Including one that had already tied. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Browns are almost 1-1-2. One, one, and two. <laughs> So what's interesting about the tie, and I love it as a fantasy player, is uh, it gives you more opportunities to score. I mean, you know, when, you, when your quarterback goes overtime, it's part of the reason that, um, you know, Drew Brees put up such great numbers, as did uh, your Fitzmagic at the time. Uh, they had an extra 10 minutes to play. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. And I was rooting for a tie, uh, to get to overtime, at least, on the Monday night game. <laughs> because I yes. needed to go back to the Broncos so I could get some more yards. Yeah, but, it, yeah. it's like you're, you're rooting for a tie because you want the points. You're also rooting not for a tie because you want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that's our recap and preview for football, but we are not done yet because I want to wrap oh. up the baseball season. Yes. And baseball, such a great sport, isn't it, Paul? It is. Isn't it great to stay up on a... Wednesday night, and know that one of our fantasy owners is nestled in the stands, sipping on his hot cocoa. Okay, let's be honest, it was probably a beer. Watching the New York Yankees take on the Oakland Athletics in a wild card game. Winner take all. And getting that victory. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have to say, I'm really jealous of Scott um, in his uh, uh, traveling to the Yankees game last night. We're recording this on Thursday. And uh, so, yeah, Scott Scott braved the elements. It was a gorgeous night, gorgeous right. night in, uh, in the Bronx uh, for baseball. And the Yankees won, home team won. Uh, I do have to say, just going back, I was not excited at all about the one-game wild card. It has been so exciting, it's not even funny. Yeah, you know, talk about ties. What we had this week in baseball with two divisions tied, so they played a – Unexpected yes. game one three of the regular season to break that tie, and it then was a turned game on playoff to determine who got into the first playoff. Not not, yeah. not that they wouldn't make the playoffs, but who had to play in the wild card. Right, and uh, we saw a great wild card game in the National League, went extra innings, and then last night's game. You know, you look at the final score if you didn't watch the game, and it doesn't seem very compelling, but it was closer than what it appeared. And uh, of course, as a Yankee fan. I'm very pleased with the outcome and can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen. You know, Yankees-Red Sox is fantastic during the regular season. It's even better in the playoffs, so we will see how that all plays out. But we do know how the playoffs played out in our league 
And again, I mentioned last time, uh, Consolation Ladder. I'll mention it only because I won it. So I beat the staggering <laughs> thing. Yay, me. Wah, wah. <laughs> You're not even Other the top that, loser. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the biggest loser, apparently. Um, but our, our World Series was awesome. First of all, as I looked down for the Consolation Week, they were the two top scoring teams of the week. And yes. Marcus Hook B's, our number one seed, 16 and three regular season, took on Boardwalk Planks, the number two seed, a 14 and five regular season. These teams each put up over 600 points. And in the end, Marcus Hooks gets the title. So congratulations, 627.8 to 620.5. And Marcus Hooksby's takes the title led by, of all people, Pyongyang Ryu of the Dodgers. Puts up 67 and a half points in the that playoffs. crazy. Unbelievable performance for him. Uh, no slouch on the other side, by the way. Kyle Hendricks actually outscored him and put up 69. But, oh, but you know, that nice. Ryu missed most of the season. So just, again, we talked about it in football, working that waiver wire. Even more important in baseball, you, in our style, where you get potentially two, and in this case, three starts out of a pitch up pitcher in yeah. one given scoring period. Uh, it's just amazing what these guys can do. So um, I'm just looking at the box score here, just taking a peek. He went 19 innings, 16 strikeouts, and got three wins during that time period. That's so, stout. <laughs> I am going to name him our World Series MVP, although a very worthy performance uh, for the 69.8 points out of Kyle Hendricks. We actually went 24 innings with 15 Ks and also went 3 and 0. But great job, everybody! Great season. I love the fantasy baseball uh, year. I'm looking forward to doing that again next year. Uh, hope everybody comes back. But uh, Paul, yeah, I'll Absolutely. give you the last word. Any final closing thoughts on our baseball season? Uh, the baseball season was great. Uh, we definitely had some trash talking, which was fun. Uh, you know, definitely. You know, I echo what you said, Dean. I hope everybody returns next season. And uh, spring training will be right around the corner. Just a few months away. At Wide World of Sports. Go see the Braves. That's right. Go see the Braves. <laughs> All right. Well, before you go to Wide World of Sports next March to see the Braves, uh, you're going to have quite a few more weeks out of us. So check back next week. We will recap week five of your football season and look forward to week six. And until then, enjoy your Thursday, your Sunday, and your Monday. Plenty of football coming up. And, of course, Paulie, watch that Yankee baseball. Oh, yeah. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon.